Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Connie. Uh, we're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter 36 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Parting of the Ways. Uh, Robin is on her way home in the Fort Anglia. Um, she may have been hit by the Whomping Willow. It is unclear, but she will be back next week. <laughs> so I am here to uh, talk about this chapter and my feels in her stead. I always yep. have feels, y'all. Just be prepared to know that. Just know that. A lot, of, a lot of feelings. Yeah. You know, I think this weekend is just, uh, it's <laughs> Bionna and Connie rage about things. <laughs> First to watch and now this. Essentially. Um, okay, so we <laughs> First, we have announcements and reminders. Um, we want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. You can submit to Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. I have done it. It's really fun. Uh, so if you'd like to do so and check out people's stories, mine too if you'd like. Uh, you can check out blackgirlscreate.org for the guidelines. Love our blog, Love Wizard Team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Please consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording these Wizard Team episodes, and Patron and I have access to those videos. So, you know, if you would like to see our faces sometimes on a Monday night, then those couple coins. You know, if you have nothing else to do, just mm-hmm. chilling. No shows on, mm-hmm. whatever. This is a really good show that you could be watching. Just like but you know, if you have no life, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's a good, uh, it's a good show that happens every week. You know, there's no hiatus; it always happens. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you uh, want to donate but can't do a monthly donation, you can send a cheering charm uh, by donating to the PayPal. You can find the links to donate at blackgirlscreate.org/donate. Um, and we have Wizard Team merch. So you can head over to our website and go, you know, shop to your heart's content. I just got my Black Wizards t-shirt. It hasn't come in yet, but I ordered it yesterday, and I'm really excited. And I'm about to, I'm just, I'm excited. Um, And then I'm going to wear it to LeakyCon when I go meet Alfred Enoch, and then it's all too late. Okay, anyway. Anyway. The plan is in place. Bionna is plotting. There's, like, t-shirts and stickers and mugs and lots of things. If you want a phone case, you can get a phone case. The possibilities are endless. So, you know, head over there. Step up your nerd game. It's mostly Harry Potter stuff, but that's who we are and what we do. If you have suggestions, you could just, like, email them over. Like, hey, y'all, you should have a thing that says whatever. And then they might do it. Because I said, y'all could have... Or they said... I don't know who said it first, but I came up with Patronus Fuel. We are all one entity. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who said it first, but I came up with Patronus Fuel. And now there's Patronus Fuel merch in the store. So, you know, if you have like a thing that you said and you thought it was funny or you think or you listen to the podcast, it was like, oh, snap, y'all said this funny thing. You should have that on a T-shirt. Obviously, you should email and be like, hey, guys, put that on a T-shirt or a mug or a phone case. Mm-hmm. So you can also subscribe to our newsletter every week. Wizard Bay Deborah just she has all of our hearts y'all so you should read these newsletters uh so she shares nerd links links and news to what's going on including but like also real life stuff so like 
the resistance and like all that jazz you could be in the know with nerd stuff and real life political stuff that affects your nerd life because it affects your life um you should read these newsletters and get your life so if you'd like to subscribe go to blackgirlscreate.org and if you didn't know already, we are on chapter 36 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, oh, which means sad. that we are almost done. Um, and in order to fully, completely wrap up book four, we are going to do a live tweet of the movie. So on Saturday, July 8th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, um, you can join us using the hashtags wizard team and HPGOF. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's Robin's birthday at that time, Aminata's mm. birthday at that time, mm. some other people's. It's cancer season. So, <laughs> like, if it, your birthday's around right. that time, then watch Harry Potter with us. And if it's not around that time, just watch it anyway because it's awesome and that's what we're doing. 6 p.m. Pacific Ready? time, July 8th. Be there. <laughs> um, be and now, <laughs> and now for Wizard Team News. You want to do it? Okay, never mind. We'll just, we'll just <laughs> I really thought it's about cool. it, and I was like, are we going to... No, I'm not going to... Is, is my going to do it? And then I literally thought, mm-hmm. do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just tradition. It doesn't feel right without it now. <laughs> I don't know why we do that, but... Anyway, you can listen to Twitch, <laughs> our Doctor Who uh, podcast after show, uh, found where you get your podcast. It's called Tarvis, Time and Relative Blackness in Space. We are, um, last episode we were a bit concerned about the blackness part, so if you have feelings about that uh, last ep- latest episode of Doctor Who, you should um, listen to our podcast. I was on it yesterday, and um, we had feelings, so you should do that. Also, listen to Cousin Black, the newest podcast at Black Girls Create. It's an orphan black after show hosted by Brandon Jordan Jordan and Akira Davis. They're cousins and they're black, so that's why it's called that. And you know what I'm saying? I I, I really like that, that tagline, so I just feel like saying it. I don't even think I've told them. My sister, so Akira, if you didn't realize, is my sister. And I said something, I don't know, it was in some chat. And then she told, she was like, Bayana, you're the corniest person out. And I felt so touched. <laughs> and like, like I got like a warm feeling inside. And so I'm just going to continue my quest Own to it. be the corniest person out. Own it. Yeah. Um, every time you got, you say <laughs> they're cousins and they're black. I think of the theme song to the Wayne's Brothers. Yes, <laughs> yes I do too a little bit. And I, right now, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like they're happy and they're singing and they're colored. Do 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 do. Give me a high five. <laughs> um, yeah. Bayana and I just gave each other a high five over the internet, so that just lets you know how corny people are. We're cousins in black too, guys. It's true. True. I decided we were cousins. We're not actually cousins. I just decided it one we're, day and then it stuck. Well, we're, so. we're black cousins. Yeah, exactly. Black people are cousins with everybody. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. So, <laughs> anyway, you can use the hashtag cousin black if you want to talk about orphan black type shenanigans and listen to that show with Brandon and Icky. Also, 
it has been 20 years since wow. the release of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And we're all old, but it's awesome. I don't understand how. Why I is mean, progressing time like is a relative thing that moves in weird I don't know. Indeed. It's been 20 years. Guys, I'm upset. I'm upset because I don't have the colors on the Facebook. So whenever I type um, Hufflepuff or or Harry Potter onto my Facebook post, like you're supposed to be able to do, and fun things are supposed to happen, it doesn't happen for me. And then I made a post about it, Aww. and everyone kept like commenting on it with their Hogwarts house, and apparently <laughs> on their end, they could see That's the fun petty. stuff, but I still cannot see the fun stuff. So I was a bit disappointed in that, but I mean, it's been a great day. Um, today is um, today, Monday specifically when we were recording. So two days ago, from you guys listening, um, was the specific day, June twenty sixth. So um, today, you know, basically every single media outlet had some sort of Harry Potter post, and everyone's like talking about their favorite Hogwarts house and their Harry Potter memories, and you know, asking each other questions, and it's just so mm-hmm. magical. It's so and cute and so People are awesome. like, oh my goodness, what house are you in? Oh my goodness, me too. And then people find out their housemates, and that's really fun. Um, Harry Potter's just really great, guys. I told everyone in my office, I was like, hey, I don't know if anyone cares, but it's the anniversary <laughs> of Harry Potter. Just so you know. My I just coworker, want you all to be aware. My coworker pitched a story to our editor about it, and he was like, I don't, why would we, why would we do that? And then she just wrote it for somebody else in, on the other side of the room. <laughs> it's just man. real. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to let muggles, this muggle man. get you They're down. Everywhere. Don't let the muggles get you down, no. guys. Um, always be magical. He was a Dursley if there ever was one. You don't want to write about Girl, Harry Potter. I can't. For I what? Can't, I can't, I, mm-hmm. For That's what? That's all I can say is, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Yeah. Happy Harry Potter week, y'all. Woo. If you want to just, you know, tweet us your real, like thoughts and feelings about Harry Potter and when you found Harry Potter and how you feel about Harry Potter and your favorite characters and all that stuff, everything. If you want to do that, feel free to. Also in celebration, them. you should tell all yeah. of your friends about Wizard Team and have them listen to it mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you know, it's this really cool Harry Potter thing that I know about that you may not know about yet. It's called Wizard Team. It's a podcast where podcasts are found. That's why that's why um Connie's the head of magical <laughs> um <laughs> head of the Department of Magical uh communication. That's why. <laughs> right there. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> You're welcome for Deborah, um, by the way. You're welcome. Just saying <laughs> I introduced Deborah to this podcast. Um so you're welcome. And now she does our newsletter. Yep. Full circle. Which you should subscribe to, even though we said that already. Do it. Um, also, Pottermore just uh, launched, uh, I believe last week, the Wizarding World Book Club. Um, so if, you know, you aren't reading along with us and want to start from the beginning, um, you should do that. I think they have, like, a thing you can, like, you can chat and, like, communicate with folks online about Harry Potter things. I think right now they're on Sorcerer's Stone. I don't know what the turnaround is for, like, when they, like, switch books or whatever, but um, it seems cool. If I wasn't already on Goblet of Fire, I would probably do it. So, 
like, I already have it. We're already halfway through. Can't start over. <laughs> already have a Harry Potter book club. There's only there's notes all up and down that book. I can't read it again. <laughs> <laughs> too many annotations. Um, too many. Too many to read over. True. Like I get, yeah, I can write all in it, and then I can't. I'm not gonna be able to read these use these books again, which is fine. They're like. Uh, I don't know a word that I can't think of right now. It's fine. I'll remember later. Um, um, a um, a group of children from Bolton School. Um, I don't I don't know where that is, but they beat the Guinness Book of World Record for the most Harry Potters in one place. Which it was adorable. Okay, it was really cute because it was just all these little kids. Dressed okay, as Harry Potter. Children. I didn't even know that okay. was a Guinness World Record. Yeah, they were children. I wasn't sure I if they were like I didn't know that was teens. a Guinness World Record that you could do. No, they were like maybe, I don't know, I'm bad at like guessing age, but they were maybe <laughs> like fourth, fifth grade. Okay. Maybe younger, actually. Did it say how many? They were little. Did it say how many Harry Potter? Mm, I can't remember. Because like you said, like how do you measure, like I'm pretty sure that... I don't know. Like, yeah, how can I you wasn't, tell that, like, any, any given day? I didn't realize Harry that wasn't was even a... Oh, it was 700. Okay. Damn. There's probably not 700. They Harry probably Potter got everyone in their world. school to dress up as Harry Potter. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even realize that was a record. And, like... I mean, I think they maybe just decided to, to say, like, hey, we want to break... We want to not break the record, but, like, create the record? No, they, be, they beat it. They beat someone else's? Yeah, that's what it said, I think. Hold up, let me just double check. Yeah, it says break the Guinness World Record. Who is just walking around? Who's, hmm. I mean, you know. So I mean, I'm not, done this more I'm than not judging. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Right, exactly. Like, oh. who is doing this? Oh, so before, well, no, no, no. So it was 700 and, it was, no, sorry, 676 children. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, the record was, or if, yeah, the previous record from 2015 was 521 and these were also kids. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But I want to know who started this. Right. Oh, like so they're, five. like, really little. Because some of these kids are, like, five. Aw. It's pretty yeah. if I ever heard of it. It's really great. I'm curious when it started and, like, whose idea was it. It was probably, like, a librarian's idea or something. <laughs> but, like, who, you know, I don't, it's such a, it's great, but it's, it's such a random, like, yes. world record. <laughs> Like, like for the larger world like you how know? did you like was it 100 kids and they did they see, seek to like have the most Harry Potters in one place and then the Guinness people came over and was like yeah you have it and then somebody else was like you know what we could do we could beat that like like I just want to know the, the first one and then the second one and then after that it makes sense but the first one yeah. and the second one are where you need to be like who decided this was an idea yeah, I just, yeah, I'm curious about, like, how, like, the history of the Harry Potter Guinness World Record. <laughs> anyway. I'm just, I'm, in, I'm interested in how that became, like. So, if we decide, hold up, if we decide to be like, oh, this is the most black Harry Potters in one place, could we call up Guinness and be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Come through. Hey, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Hmm. We'll yeah. plot on that as a as a team, as a wizard team. That might be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, magical birthdays today, Wednesday. 
is Dobby's birthday. So shout out to Dobby. Get him a sock, y'all. And his birthday. Where are your favorite socks? Somebody get today? him a sock. If you haven't left your house, mismatched. They have to be mismatched. Socks. Uh, if you haven't left your house yet, because on the East Coast, Windsor team drops at ten. So I'm already <sighs> on the true. train on the way to work. Slash, I should be at work already. But if you're on the, you know, other coast and you haven't left yet, wow. you should wear wow. socks. Wow. <laughs> Just, you know, have to uh, okay. rep the East Coast, Beast Coast. Mm-mm. East Coast, Beast Coast is such a bite off of West Coast, Best Coast. Like, how did, <laughs> like, what? You literally just bit off of the West Coast to say that you're better than the West Coast, but that's right there is cultural appropriation. Okay. That might not sure. be cultural appropriation. I might just be saying words, but mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, mm-hmm. just saying. Um, okay, let's let's get into the chapter. Yes. What happened no in the last chapter? A lot of sad things. A lot of sad things happened in the a last chapter. A lot of exposition. Um, exposition parts two and three, I believe, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, previously on Wizard Team, Barty Crouch Jr. revealed himself and that, no, spent pause, but pause. 20 pages but talking you, about his life. You guys keep saying so. revealed himself and 12-year-old me... Um, imagine something 100% different than what actually happened. Thanks, Connie. I just, <laughs> you said it several Thanks. times, several times in the last episode, and wow, I, I turned 12. I, I couldn't help myself. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Last time on Wizard Team. Good job. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so yeah, he, he was villains planning, and did not do the thing that 12-year-old Connie thought he did. <laughs> we just found out it was him and not Mad-Eye Moody the whole time. Yeah. That was pretty much what happened, in case anyone else is a child. That's fine. I'm also a child sometimes. I just didn't think of this particular one, so I'm a little salty. Um, <laughs> that explains <laughs> um, I do. I still do that's what she said jokes. I'm just saying. Like... But, oh, we don't know about Nearly Headless Nick. There's a lot going on right now. We'll check in yeah, on him later. I think Jenny brought her porridge to the to the third task, and then she's still sitting outside with the porridge. It, it probably went cold by now, or she ate it all, and now she's like, I don't know. She's probably not thinking about the porridge right this second, yeah. but once everything settles down, yeah. she might, you know, decide. Yeah. Hmm. I could go for a bowl of porridge right about now absolutely it's possible um cool chapter 36 the parting of the ways um so oh they're still in the defense against dark arts office got it okay yeah so Dumbledore stood up he stared down at Barty Crouch for a moment with disgust on his face um then he raised his wand and ropes flew out of it that twisted themselves around Barty Crouch behind him tightly. He tells McGonagall to stay um, and like keep watch over him until he comes back and tells Snape to um, tell Madame Pomfrey to come down and get Mad-Eye Moody up into the hospital wing so that they can um, try to get him back together after nine months of being stuck in a trunk. He's a, 
This is a Humpty um, Dumpty situation. Like they gotta put him back to get yeah. all back together again. And he's not oh, as young oh, as he once was, and like mm-hmm. there's just a lot like Yeah. He's been in a trunk with no eye and no leg and like probably not any food. Probably like enough to keep him alive for nine months, but like not really anything. Right. That's just traumatic. Yeah. For real. Um and then he tells Snape to go down and get Fudge and bring him up to this Actually, office to the Defense Against the Dark Arts office, which was a bad idea. Last week. Since this is a spoiler-heavy podcast, <laughs> shouldn't have done that. No. It was not a good idea. Should have said, take him to my office, where I will speak with him first, <laughs> and then we will come down together. Yes. But instead... He had a lot going on. Dumbledeezy was, you know, trying to delegate... And trying he, to handle and he, things, and he and was you know, distracted. He put, he put his faith in the wrong in the wrong person. Is what happened. This time, that wrong person wasn't Snape for once. Right. So yes. that's nice for him. Yeah. But yeah. still. But I think, and maybe we'll get to it. But I feel like he just kind of assumed Fudge would do what Fudge always does. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was wrong mm-hmm. this one time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's unfortunate. Um. And then he says um, he will undoubtedly want to question Crouch himself, which, again, you would think that's what he would want to do. Yeah. If, like, the Ministry of Magic operated under any kind of semblance of, like, justice. <laughs> but we've known you know, for at least a book. At the, at least at the two very books. least. At least two books we've known. At know. the very least, just talk to the dude and figure yeah. out why it happened. Bayana. But... Bayana. Bayana. Mm-hmm. Did Sirius Black get a trial? Yeah. Serious black at a trial. He didn't. That's so true. That um, pretty much yeah. solves all of that. You're right. There's no justice in the real world or in the wizarding world, except for mm. karmic justice, maybe a little bit for some characters. Isn't that isn't that like fucked up though? Right, like magic doesn't get rid of it like injustice that's rude that's so rude and the fact that she would like tell us as kids like hey right. don't be disillusioned like, right like even in this magical world that's... that i've built and is fun and you love it even in this world there is no justice no justice it's disrespectful it's really rude um and so then um dumbledore turns to harry um, and says, I want you to come up to my office first. Sirius is waiting for us there. Um, and so they go on their way. They mosey on down, ease on down the road to um, <laughs> to their office. Um, but uh, Harry is thinking about Cedric and his parents. And he asks, where are Mr. and Mrs. Diggory? And Dumbledore says they are with Professor Sprout. She was head of Cedric's house and knew him best. Which is like all the broken hearts. Yes, my, I my, just, um, my head of house. <sighs> it's dark time why, for, like, Hogwarts house, for Hufflepuff house right now. I know. Remember the I sad. Know. But you know, if he... Well, no, that's not true. Yeah, nope. If he hadn't lived, he would have been a Death Eater, so I guess we can't be too <laughs> upset. <laughs> Apparently. Even though... Apparently. Tell me. Tell me, Allegedly. tell me a Hufflepuff that was a Death Eater. Give me a list. 
I want a list Literally right now. None of them. Give me a list. Literally I need to none know of them. which Hufflepuffs were even bad evil dudes. Like, you know, you could be evil and not be, you know, a death a full on death eater, but like Gildery Lockhart was in Ravenclaw, so that wasn't us. I mean w- wasn't us. You know. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there that I don't understand why some dudes and why did they have to be dudes? Why some dudes decided, oh, you know what would make total sense? If a Hufflepuff became a Death Eater because he was humiliated at 15, 17, whatever. Man, white supremacy is a hell of a drug. It really is. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all I'm going to say. So, so um, they reached the Stone Gargoyle, and Dumbledore gave the password, but they don't tell us what the password is because this is a very serious moment, and they don't want us to be happy <laughs> about Dumbledore's candy passwords. Right. Cockroach. Which, okay, fine. Clusters. Um, <laughs> Man, you just need some levity. Just No? Okay, fine. Um, so they go up to the office. Sirius was standing there. His face was white and gaunt as um, it had been when he escaped Azkaban. In one swift movement, or moment, he had crossed the room. Harry, are you all right? I knew it. I knew something like this. What happened? I love Sirius. He went straight to like <laughs> something happened. I told y'all I knew it was gonna happen. But by the way, uh, what actually happened though? It might have been the blackest. I haven't been informed yet. Man. It might have been the blackest series black man. What happened? I need to know. Somebody said that. Somebody tell me right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Tell like I tried to tell you, but what happened though? I told you something like this, but what? I told what, y'all. What I told y'all. Happened? Now didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Man. <laughs> Like just jumping the gun, hasn't even heard the story yet, and just out <laughs> they, here. They didn't even get in the room. <laughs> so funny. Um, so Dumbledore began to tell Sirius everything, which is like great that Harry doesn't have to tell it again. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think that that. I mean, clearly Harry is. He's just not in a place where he could tell that story again just after having told it um well i mean i guess part of it he's gonna have to tell but still um so yeah so dumbledore began to tell Sirius everything barty crouch had said um and harry was only half listening he was so tired every bone in his body was aching and he wanted nothing more than to sit here undisturbed for hours and hours until he fell asleep and didn't have to think or feel anymore because um, fox, fox is the greatest of all time <laughs> He's the greatest of all time. And Harry pets him. He just sits he just sits on him and he's like, Hey, what's up? Lays against his leg. And uh, I mean, it sort of happens throughout the scene, but basically Fox is like healing Harry because Harry's broken. Literally, physically and emotionally broken. And Fox Mm -hmm. is like, I can't fix the emotional stuff, but I could fix your leg. Right. He was like, I got your physical though, bro. I got you. But also... I got you. I wonder what... Fox lives in the castle, and students are literally Mm -hmm. hurt all the time. So what is it that... When does Fox decide that healing is necessary or permitted? Like, I don't wonder what the rules are. Or, like, does Fox cry, you know, once a week and provide a vial of, of Phoenix Tears post... Like... 
ingredients for a that would be or lit. I wonder. It's you know, it's a small thing I had never thought of before, but like you have this bird that's just chilling in Dumbledore's office. I mean, I don't think Fox gets sad that often, but I wonder what medicinal purposes Phoenix Tears possibly have. And if people are like trying to get after phoenixes to get after their tears to heal themselves. Right. And I wonder like how many phoenixes there are and then if people even like if a lot of people even know that Dumbledore has a phoenix. Right? Because it's not like he's walking around Hogwarts with with Fox on his shoulder. So then I wonder if it's like maybe some of the students if they end up in his office or something. Harry's the only person who would end up in Dumbledore's office hurt though. But (laughs) just because that's who he is as a a person. Um, (laughs) Broke the rules. I'm hurt. Cool. I'm at Dumbledore's office. Fox gonna help me out. I'm good. Um, So yeah. I mean I'm I'm curious about, about how that works. But I feel like Fox is kind of the person who'd be like, you're hurt? Here, I'm going to help you. Exactly, you know what I mean? Because, exactly. like, I don't know what the extent birds understand consent, so. <laughs> well, yeah. Fox but clearly I does. But I also think, like, right. But I also think, like, the, the idea of, like, potions and, like, I'm curious what kind of, um, like, what kind of potions that they, that require um, Phoenix Tears. And if I'm any, sure, like, Fox is like, yeah, I'll donate some exist. Phoenix Tears for some, for some kids to like, play around in and try to learn how to, you know. He's in a school, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, know. it's for educational purposes. Also, Fox yeah. is conveniently Gryffindor-colored. <laughs> Just a side note. <laughs> it's true. She's like, Scarlet and Gold I mean, sounds, sounds familiar. Dumbledore was like, I'm a Gryffindor stan, and you have the colors of my house. And that's what I'm saying. The rep, rep for forever. Rep the set. <laughs> rep until you die. That's it. Um, so Dumbledore, after Dumbledore finished um, telling Sirius about what happened with Barty Crouch, he turned to Harry and said, I need to know what happened after you touched the port key in the maze, Harry. Um, we can leave that till morning, can't we, Dumbledore? Said Sirius. Let him have a sleep. Let him rest. Harry felt a rush of gratitu- gratitude towards Sirius, but Dumbledore took no notice of Sirius's words. He leaned, he leaned forward towards Harry. Very unwillingly, Harry raised his head and looked into those blue eyes. If I thought I could help you, Dumbledore said gently, by putting you in an enchanted sleep and allowing you to postpone the moment when you would have to think about what has happened tonight, I would do it. But I know better. Numbing the pain for a while will only make it worse when you finally feel it. You have shown bravery beyond anything I have ever expected of you. I ask you to demonstrate your courage once more. I ask you to tell us what happened. Um, Joanne Rowling. Who told yes. you to write that? No one asked you to write this. Who told you? Who asked you who to, to who do this? Who asked you? Nobody. Nobody asked you. On this anniversary of the publishing of the first Harry Potter novel, I just must say, nobody asked you to do this to our hearts. No. Like, we love you, but no. also you've, like, ripped our hearts into shreds more than once, and this paragraph was one of those times. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and, like, and then when you really think about, like, about Dumbledore's own backstory, right? Yep, exactly. And so he real, so he, you know, like sometimes people say shit and they just saying shit, and you're like, you don't really know, but Dumbledore really knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. literally, like more than once. Knows. More than and once. And like, knows. dude, I, I get it. I really do. It's not gonna help though. Like, 
num- like he's like numbing the pain will only make it worse when you feel it. Because you're gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's best and, you know, to do this now. Well it. With series here, with me here, with the phoenix on your leg trying to heal you. Mm-hmm. This is just the best circumstances for you to tell the story in. And so you should do it. And so he does. Um, Harry takes a deep breath and he begins to tell the story um, about how, you know, everything that happened in the graveyard. Once or twice, Sirius made a noise as though to say something, his hand still tight on Harry's shoulder, which is like, oh, so sweet and comforting. Um, But Dumbledore stops him so that Harry could just tell the story because once he started, it was easier to get it out. Um, When Harry told of Wormtail piercing his arm with the dagger, however, Sirius let out a vehement exclamation and Dumbledore stood up so quickly that Harry started. Dumbledore walked around the desk and told Harry to stretch out his arm. Harry told them, the, both, the place where his ropes were torn and the cut beneath them. Showed them, sorry. Uh, he said that my blood would make him stronger than if he'd used someone else's, Harry told Dumbledore. He said the protection my mother left in me, he'd have it too. And he was right. He could touch me without hurting himself. He touched my face. For a fleeting instant, Harry thought he saw a gleam of something like triumph in Dumbledore's eyes. But the next second, Harry was sure he had imagined it. For when Dumbledore had returned to his seat behind the desk, he looked as old and weary as Harry had ever seen him. So, aha! Like he, Dumbledore was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> said, we might go win here. Okay, all right, all right. I'm I a, think I'm a, literally all, before, like, at least three quarters of the pieces came together for him in that moment. And then mm-hmm. by the time, like, his brain literally worked so fast that he was excited in one split second. And then by the time he got back to his desk, he had figured out the rest of it and was like, dang, this ain't gonna end good. <laughs> like, he we said, might win it, but also said, this very, might not end good. Right. And then he said, very well, Voldemort has overcome that particular barrier. I'm like, you're so vague, which is like... Rude. Kind of entertaining in this moment, but also it's actually kind of rude and like... So rude. Again, though, like, I honestly, I don't think this is the moment for him to tell Harry all that shit. Like, right. Harry is traumatized. Especially, and, like, yes. he needs to sleep. And, and he he's needs, in the like, middle all of these the other story. things. And he's in the middle right. of the story that Dumbledore needs more information. And if he, there's no way at the end of this for that to have made sense. I think it's the, the most, the closest, but... I think she, Joe wrote it in a way where it's like, you could think that it was the moment and it's the closest because Harry's the most mature, but it it wouldn't have Priority and Cantatum, that was the moment. Why? Yeah. Like a couple chapters ago, that was the moment because he was telling him all about his, like, all about Voldemort and like the backstory of all these things. There was a moment, I think... I mean, now it's been a couple weeks or whatever, but like when he, no, 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 when Dumbledore could have told Harry about the prophecy and all that kind of stuff, there was like a very specific moment in Priori and Cantatum, like that, oh no, sorry, the Pensieve Priori and Cantatum, that was the last chapter. Oh, yeah, it was like, how? My bad, my bad. The Pensieve. Okay. Peas and shit. The Pensieve, that was the chapter where I think in my, like, just from reading it this time it seemed like the perfect moment i think that other moments like this isn't the moment to tell him mostly because it's like he can't handle it yeah and maybe if it had been like he 
maybe if it was a chapter after, like maybe after the, um, like at the end of this, he's in the hospital wing. So maybe after he gets out of the hospital wing, Dumbledore could take him aside and talk to him about it. Um, but but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work like, here because there's too much going on. I think towards the end of um, like when it happens in Phoenix. It seems like it would also be too much going on because of the loss that Harry has just suffered, but I think that... At that point, it's too late. Yes. Um, Like, Dumbledore literally had no other choice but to finally tell him the truth. Um, But he wouldn't... I think all the other moments that people are sort of like, well, it could have maybe happened here. He was too young. And Dumbledore was obviously trying to, as he says, trying to put it off for as long as possible to try and give him some semblance of a childhood. And in this moment, mm-hmm. this is literally the moment when his childhood is, like, officially ripped away in the biggest way that it has in the whole series so far. So I think that he was like, well, dang, can't do it right now. Um, yeah. But I also think that um, he's figuring stuff out in this moment, and so he's his his gears are also grinding too hard to, like, stop them to go back, to be like, okay, wait, hold up, I gotta tell you about this prophecy and some horcruxes. Right. <laughs> um, um, I think he has, there's, like, way too much going on in Dumbledore's head because he's, like, got this look of triumph, and then he sits back down, and I think he's, like, figured out, like, okay, so, you know, the blood thing, and I think that's gonna be our win. But also I think he's realizing the heaviness of what he's about to put on Harry, and he's like, mm, okay, not today, I'll do it tomorrow. And then he doesn't yeah, do it tomorrow. I do it right. tomorrow. And then he doesn't do it Peak tomorrow. Procrastination. Mm-hmm. So much procrastination. Um, really quickly in the chat, um, Amani says, which, you know, man, this is about the the most we can get. Um, he said this was the least wrong Dumbledore has been in not telling Harry. <laughs> 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 Just take it where we can get it. Um, the least wrong. And okay. Then, right. And then Portia says that um, she always thought Dumbledore's momentary look of triumph was tied to him learning how much Voldemort understood Harry's protections. Um, And then Amani says that he always thought it was tied to him realizing Harry's blood would protect him um, and that he could see his ego getting big there, too. Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think because... What is the thing that happened? Sorry. I'm like... There's something that happens where, like, them sharing blood becomes a problem, and my brain is not... This is (laughs) the first time this has ever happened, and it's making me mad. I think... Um, Well, I thought the look of triumph was that was more than one-fold. So I think that it was a level of continuing to fulfill fulfill the prophecy of, like, making him his equal in that way. Yes, that's what it was. But also... um, I feel like in the in thinking about the prophecy and wanting the, one of them having to die, the it was about equality, but also kind of realizing that with Harry's blood inside of Voldemort, that means that if it was sort of like the sort of fake reverse Horcrux of like why Harry survives when Dumbledore, I mean Voldemort hits him with the spell in Deathly Hollows, so. Mm-hmm. I think it was like this weird fake reverse Horcrux where it's like Harry is kept tethered to Earth because he is in Voldemort and Dumbledore in this moment was like, that's it. Like, that's the thing that make, is making the equal and why neither of them can live while the other... Like, not maybe not that specific part of the prophecy, but the the thing that's going to save Harry if possible. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
that's what my understanding always was, but I also am not really explaining it right. Yeah. I mean, I think Amani said something similar as well, like, it had to do with, or he thought it had to do with um, Dumbledore realizing that, like, Harry had to die, but because of the blood, there was, like, a possibility that he could come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, I never thought of these things before. So that Harry way. continues That's why we're to, here. um, to tell about what happened. He explained how Voldemort emerged from the cauldron and his speech to the Death Eaters. But when he had reached the part where the golden beams of light had connected him and Voldemort's wand, he found his throat obstructed. He tried to keep talking, but the memories of what had come out of Voldemort's wand were flooding into his mind. He could see Cedric emerging, see the old man, Bertha Jorkins, his father, his mother. He was glad for Sir- when Sirius broke the silence. The wand's connected, he said, looking from Wait, Harry. Wait, time out. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Are you, you have your first edition? Of your book? Hmm? I said you have, like, the first edition of the book, right? Yes, it says father, then mother. Oh, okay. So does mine. That's why I was, I was wondering if they had, like, flipped it, so then it was really... So it was just right everywhere else except for that one part. <laughs> right, yes. Except for the main part. <laughs> no. Wait, no. If it's in reverse order, it should have been mother than father. But that's what I'm saying is that you're, like, the earlier it was wrong, like I said, Lily came and then James, versus, like, they corrected no. it so that James came and then Lily. But on here, it's the same for both of us. So I think, like... Wait, no. They... I'm confused again. So in if reverse mm-hmm. order, it should be Bertha, then Lily, then James. James. Because James, James died. died first. Yes, that's why he should so be then first. So then they're going in reverse order. Yeah. Oh, wait. So it should be mother, then father. Because Lily no. was the last person to die before Voldemort died. Yeah, and they're going in reverse order. No, no, no. They are... They are... <laughs> no... Yeah. Sorry, now I'm confused. Mine is wrong. Give me one second. Mine is wrong. It says Bertha, and then his father, and then his mother. But so is mine. That means you're, they never fixed that. They Wait, never no. fixed it. No, it should shit. be mother okay. and so then father the, the, because the, Lily dies after James. Yeah, Lily dies after James. She is the last person to die before Voldemort dies. So it should be Bertha, then Lily, then James. So your book is also continues to be wrong. And in Priori and Cantatum, it was like, oh, your your father wants to see you in your book. In my book, it's wrong. But in your book, it should be. My brain is hurting. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. In your book, it should be correct. That that scene is correct, but then apparently this line is still wrong. They never. in, In all this time, they've never fixed that one line. Hold up. Bionis being Bionna and going wow, back to Wow, some of my notes are really out of pocket. Okay, sorry. I'm really checking because my I'm like, and I believe you, but for some reason, like, I'm really confused. It is very, um, The shit is confusing. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's always Lily and Bertha are next to each other. Okay, yeah, you're, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So this I is mean, also wrong. I guess maybe it's not a problem because it's Harry's memory of it, or even just like you know, sometimes you, you say my mom and my dad, or you say my dad and my mom, or whatever. Like, right. so maybe it wasn't I think supposed that's to why be in order. It doesn't matter, but change it, change it because it would be fine. 
but technically still wrong. So, um, wow, so that Sirius confused asks, the fuck out of me. Uh, I don't know. Welcome, Wands connecting, <laughs> and wonders why. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Dumbledore knows that it's pure and contatum. Um, the reverse spell effect. Exactly, said Dumbledore. Harry's wand and Voldemort's wand share cores. Each of them contains a feather from the tail of the same phoenix. This phoenix, in fact. Um, he added, and he pointed at the scarlet gold bird, peacefully respecting on Harry's knee. Um, my wand's feather came from Fox, Harry asked, said amused. Yes, Mr. Ollivander wrote to tell me you had brought the second wand the moment you left his shop four years ago. So what happens when a wand meets its brother, said Sirius. They will not work properly against each other. Ha! If, however, mm. the owners of the wands force the wands to do battle, a very rare effect will take place. One of the wands will force the other to regurgitate spells it has performed in reverse. The most recent first, and then those which had preceded it. Which is just... One, that's, it seems like, but why? Like, what is it about core wands that... I mean, I guess it's sort of like a magnet effect where it's sort of, you know, they repel each other, but mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that it's like, it will make you, you reveal those last spells you cast, especially when some spells aren't like really revealable. They're just like, here's wisp, here's mist, here's some wispy air. Then, <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was like, it would, if it had gone to Harry's wand, it would have been the dullest chapter. Yeah, like the four point spell. <laughs> It would have been so anticlimactic. Accio. <laughs> like, really? just gotta... For real? So, Damn. I don't know. It's just interesting that that's, right. that's what takes place. Yeah. And, and then, then I wonder how often wonder that about, happens. Like, and I, yeah, I was going to say, I also wonder, like, maybe Fox only gave two feathers, but, like, what about some other phoenix? Because there are other phoenix... Uh, feather wand, or, or like, like with the core, dragon. or like multiple dragon heartstrings, exactly. or multiple unicorn hairs, or whatever. And like, if it's from the same like unicorn, then are there just like eight people who can't duel each other ever? <laughs> I wonder, I wonder exactly how rare that is. I mean, um, be great. Let go snap, we're brothers. Yeah. We're happy and we're singing and we're <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, um, that's twice that's come up this episode. Indeed. It's great. It's my fault. <laughs> um, so then uh, Dumbledore says, which means that some form of Cedric must have reappeared. Um, Harry nodded again. Diggory came back to life, said Sirius sharply. No spell can reawaken the dead, said Dumbledore heavily. Um, which. He would know, and that's really he sad. He said that like he tried. And we'll move on. Oh, he done. Girl, you know he tried. Or at least, well, actually, no. I don't think he got a hold of the Resurrection Stone before that. But mm-hmm. he had them ideas in his head, and then he found out that that wasn't a thing that was possible. Yep. And yeah. All that would have happened is a kind of reverse echo. A shadow of the living Cedric would have emerged from the wand. Am I correct, Harry? He spoke to me, Harry said. He was suddenly shaking again. The the ghost Cedric, or whatever he was, spoke. An echo, said Dumbledore, which retained Cedric's appearance and character. I am guessing other forms appeared, less recent victims of Voldemort's wand. An old man, Harry said. Bertha Jorkins and your parents, said Dumbledore quietly. Yes, said Harry. Sirius's grip on Harry's shoulder was now so tight it was painful. <laughs> I would just like to know why. 
That's all I would like to know. There's, like, oh. I mean, like I'm pretty sure Sirius in this moment is wishing that he had a fox phoenix feather in his wand and he would go fight Dumbledore right now just to see Lily and James. Connie, why do you do this? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Why? Why? And Amani, you too. Go sit down. Who's wrong with y'all? Amani out here talking about because James didn't zigzag, didn't, didn't zigzag on the same night we just got done watching Battle of the Bastards. You all need to just have seats. Several of them. Lay yourself out on the bench. We need multiple benches so everyone gets their own. Everyone's on timeout. Y'all are so annoying. Oh my god. No one asked for those feelings. You did when you decided to do a Harry okay. Potter podcast line by line. Okay, except I didn't think of that. That was all you and your brain. So I don't think I asked for that particularly or specifically at all. That's all I'm saying. Dumbledore asks what the uh, the ghosties did. Um, so Harry tells how they kind of protected him and that how, and it says in my book, it says how the shadow of Harry's mother had told him what to do. How Cedric had made his it's had Cedric had made had Cedric's had made its final request. Um, at this point, mine says father. Continue. Yeah, uh, they. I guess they did decide that the last one was just like Harry's memory, so it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um. So Harry's like, I he he's done, and basically he is done because there's nothing really else to tell except that he got back. Um, and then he realizes that Harry's, um, I mean, that his knee has been mended by Fox. Um, and Harry, a uh, doubleser says, I will say it again. You have shown bravery beyond anything I could have expected you tonight, Harry. You have shown bravery equally to, equal to those who died fighting Voldemort at the height of his powers. You should have shouldered, you have shouldered a grown man's wizard, a grown wizard's burden and found yourself equal to it. And you will now, hmm, I don't know, there's shouldered a grown man's wizard's burden a grown wizard's burden and found yourself equal to it he's like got prophecy speak in his head Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and you have given us all wow my brain is not reading correctly you have now given us all we have a right to expect you will come with me to the hospital ring i do not want you returning to your dormitory tonight a sleeping potion and some peace Sirius, would you like to stay with him? And Sirius said, what you think? <laughs> Says it right there, six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Sirius Black said, what you think? <laughs> Real gruff, like a dog. Um, so <laughs> Sirius changes into a dog, and they um, walk back to the hospital wing, where everybody's waiting. Mrs. Weasley, Bill, Ron, Hermione, Mrs. Pronfrey, who's um, the best. <laughs> I am curious where Fred, George, and Ginny are. That's Maybe Jenny got hungry again, but I'm wondering where Fred and George are. <laughs> I think that they didn't want Jenny to go because they're always protective of her and are like, Jenny's not allowed to be around adult things, and so they made Fred and George take care of her. Slash Fred and George maybe offered to take care of her, and Bill's an adult and Ron's his best friend, and so they're like, we should go. But they literally just, I think that they sent Jenny away kicking and screaming. And she's just like, well, I yeah. want to see Harry, too. Why can't I go see him? And He's they, my friend, too. Yeah. And, and like, Fred and George no, were like, all right, Jenny, 
You come with us. Yeah. I think it was more like a parental um, protection thing. That's real. Um, so when they entered, um, Mrs. Weasley let out a muffled scream. Harry, oh, Harry. She started to hurry toward him, but Dumbledore moved between them. Molly, he said, please listen to me for a moment. Harry has been through a terrible ordeal tonight. He has just had to relive it for me. What he needs now is sleep and peace and quiet. If you would like, if you, I'm sorry, if he would like you all to stay with him, you may do so. But I do not want you questioning him until he is ready to answer and certainly not this evening. Mrs. Weasley nodded. Um, She was very white. She rounded on Ron. Hermione and Bill, as though they were being no- noisy and hissed. Did you hear? He needs quiet, which is like such a mom chill, fam. Thing, but it's such it's a, a really mom, mom thing. thing to do. It's like, did you hear? It him? Really he said is. be quiet. Like, but we wasn't saying nothing. But we weren't saying nothing though, we, mom. We, we heard him. Such a mama moment. Great. Come on, fam. Headmaster said, "Madam Pomfrey, staring at the great black dog. If that was serious, may I ask what?" This dog will be remaining with Harry for a while, said Dumbledore simply. I assure you, he is extremely well trained. Harry, I will wait while you get into bed. She was like, like, I am am running a hospital. In my hospital room right now. What what about sanitation? That is not safe. I don't know what this dog is doing here. I don't know where it's come from. Where has he been? What's he been licking? What's he been sniffing? I just have a lot of questions. And Dumbledore was like, I'm going to need you to trust me. And she gave him side eye. It was like, mm, I guess. And then she right. did it because she would like to remain employed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty she much. She had a lot of questions. And Dumbledore was like, it's like, trust me. And she's like, but it's a dog in my hospital room. But it's not like she hasn't had a, a Hermione that was literally a cat in her hospital room. So she'll get over That's it. That's true. That's very true. Coughing up hairballs and stuff. It's unfortunate. Harry felt an inexpressible sense of gratitude to Dumbledore for asking the others not to question him. It wasn't as though he didn't want them there, but thought, but the thought of explaining it all over again, the idea of reliving it one more time, was more than he can stand. I will be back to see you as soon as I have met with Fudge, Harry. I would like you to remain here tomorrow until I have spoken to the school. Um, and so Madame Pomfrey led Harry to a nearby bed and he caught a sight of the real Moody lying motionless in bed at the far end of the room. His wooden eye, sorry, his wooden leg and magical eye were lying on the bedside table. Harry asks if he's okay and Madame Pomfrey says he'll be all right. And Ron and Hermione are looking at Harry cautiously as though scared of him. Um, I'm all right, he told them, just tired. Mrs. Weasley's eyes are filled with tears. Um, and then Madame Pomfrey comes back with a small bottle of some purple potion and a goblet. Sorry, I had like a um, a future moment, you know, like purple drink. And I just had to stop myself. But then I also had to let you guys know why I paused. And so <laughs> I didn't avoid any of that. So, mm. you know, it's fine. Trust tree. It's gotcha. what it is. Gotcha. Um, that's what it is. Um, see, Imani's with me. He said that she brought Harry that lean, and that's what I thought. It's what okay. I thought, and you know, it I'm, does make you sleepy. I'm not 100. Sorry, confused. I'll stop. I'll move on. <laughs> um, I'm the Robin today, where I just so don't you know, understand who these young people are and don't know who that is. Well, I you didn't say who who is future. You didn't say who was F-Baby, so I think you're okay. 
think you're all right. <laughs> Accurate. That's true. I didn't know that. Yeah. I yeah. You'll need to drink all of this, Harry, said uh, Madame Pomfrey. It's a potion for dreamless sleep. So Harry took the goblet and drank a, full, a few mouthfuls. And then he falls asleep, right? But she said drink all of it. And he's like, all right, I'll take a couple gulps. But I think he tried and then he was so sleepy that he had just worked immediately. Like, I think he didn't really need the whole thing. She was like, you need this whole thing because you might still be like hopped up on adrenaline. And he's like, nah, fam, I had a phoenix like cry on my leg and that just really killed all of my adrenaline. And so... (laughs) Real. But also, she said it so that he wouldn't wake up again, but then he wakes up for like a couple... Like maybe an hour later, like maybe not even detail. really. Like Joe, you so good. Look at that intricate detail. So I'm saying, so I'm saying. Sometimes we don't ask for this superb writing, but sometimes it pays off. Sometimes. Like when he wakes up and can tell he hasn't been asleep for very long because he didn't drink all his potion. Mm-hmm. Then he heard he heard whispering around him. They'll wake him if they don't shut up. What are they shouting about? Nothing could have. Can have happened. Uh, sorry, nothing else could have happened. Can it? Yes. Voldemort um, is back. Eyes. Voldemort could have been like, "What? Well, you know what? I'm rolling through. I don't care what I said. I arrived. I don't care <laughs> what I said. I'm here. I'm back. <laughs> By popular demand. Sorry, I didn't mean to to align. Never mind. I'm gonna just keep going. So. Harry opened his eyes and could see the fuzzy outlines of Mrs. Weasley and, and Bill close by. Um, that's Fudge's voice, she whispered. And that's Minerva McGonagall's, isn't it? But what are they arguing about? Um, and now Harry could hear them shouting, too. Um, regrettable, but all the same, Minerva, Fudge was saying loudly. You should never have brought it inside the castle, yelled Professor McGonagall. When Dumbledore finds out, um, then the hospital doors burst open, and Fudge and Professor McGonagall... Well, Fudge came striding up at the war- up the ward. Professors McGonagall and Snape were at his heels. Where's Dumbledore, Fudge demanded of Mrs. Weasley. He's not here," said Mrs. Weasley angrily. "This is a hospital wing minister. I Don't you her. think you'd be She's better like, to? I do not I love care. That. I do not care that you are the minister. She said, of magic. "You're not my boss." Look, this is a she hospital said, wing, you don't, and I'm gonna need you. You don't pay me to calm I'm not down. On your payroll, despite the fact that she is a tiny woman, and he is probably not that tall either, but he is still taller than her. And she said, "I don't care if you're the minister of what. Mm-hmm. This is a hospital wing." This ain't, it ain't even her hospital wing. She ain't Miss Pomfrey, but she's like, right now, I am in charge, and you gonna be quiet. Yep. Yep. But then Dumbledore So then Dumbledore out. comes in, yeah, and says, what has happened? Why are you disturbing these people? Minerva, I'm surprised at you. I asked you to stand guard over Barty Crouch. Um, there is no need to stand guard over him anymore, Dumbledore, she shrieked. The manager, I'm um, the manager, <laughs> the minister has seen to that. Also, yes, um, and Harry, Harry has never seen. Yes, Harry says he's never seen her lose control like this. And there are angry blotches of color on her cheeks and her hands were balled into fists. She was trembling with fury, which is like, McGonagall loses her cool? What? Never happens. What's that emotion? She I doesn't mean, do that? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Wait, I can't remember if she, when we meet her and she's like hanging outside of the Dursleys and Dumbledore's like, yeah, Harry's going to live here. And she's like, I'm sorry, he's going to live where? (laughs) That sort of emotion. But even then it wasn't like to this level, even as she's like sad that Lily and James have died, like she had all the right to feel like anger and, and fear and sadness, but 
nothing has ever been on that level until this very moment. She's just like, I don't, how dare you? And I think, I mean, I'm interested as to why she, um, in this particular moment, felt so strongly. Um, because there were dementia. She's like, oh, I told him you would not agree, Dumbledore. I told him you would never allow Dementors to set foot inside the castle. I'm sorry. There were a hundred, and they were outside, but there were a hundred Dementors in the school last year. What changed yeah, but I in think, the year? Yeah, but I think that after that, Dumbledore was like, no, not well, yes. ever again. We're never well, doing yes, that again. But still, it was sort of like, I don't know. Now I'm interested to see if like, during book three, McGonagall's like, you having what in my castle? Well, no, because I don't think Dumbledore, I don't think Dumbledore wanted them. Like, I think that was one of the few times where, like, he had to kind of been to fudge his castle because he said they Mm -hmm. were not allowed inside. Yeah. It still would be interesting. Still, it was a hundred Dementors on the ground. Yeah, when she had to find out that there will be Dementors at Hogwarts and any at all. Um, even if mm-hmm. Dumbledore's on her side, like her rage here implies that she was probably angry back then too. Um, and it, I don't know, but I think there's, I don't know, I feel like there could be an extra level to why she has so many feelings, but I don't know what it is. Cause I was like, he's a not like Barney Crouch Jr. is a Nazi. So it's not like, I think it would be like, oh, a former student who went down the wrong path, but she's still like upset that they like sucked his soul out in front of him? I don't know, I guess... Well, I mean, I think it was partly because, like, it's not justice. And then, well, we'll see, because Dumbledore says it. Um, So, Fudge says, My dear woman, as Minister of Magic, it is my decision whether I wish to bring protection with me when interviewing a possibly dangerous... Professor McGonagall's voice drowned Fudge's. The moment that that thing entered the room, it swooped down on Crouch and... And um, and she doesn't finish, but Harry understands that... Barty Crouch was given the Dementor's kiss. But again, what interview? He right. said, I need protection when I'm interviewing a possibly dangerous, but the minute he, the Dementor got in there, clearly you didn't had, say not one word to him. And clearly he had directives to do so because otherwise, why would he just swoop in like that? Like, clearly it was like, right. oh, go for it. If you get the chance, I'm cool. Like, he could have stopped it and mm-hmm. like, no, 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 not yet. I need to hear him. Or it could have been like, here, you wait outside in the hallway while I go inside. And once I question him, and when I'm we done, can then... And we have decided, like, he could have decided to give the Dementor's kiss regardless of what he heard, but then he decided mm-hmm. not to hear anything and just to kill the man. Yep. And he says, by all accounts, he is no loss. Um, it seems he's been responsible for several deaths, but he cannot now give testimony, Cornelius said Dumbledore. He cannot give evidence about why he killed those people. Um, so there's that one, like fudge, fudge literally silenced the one person who could like explain what all just happened. He was like, no type of trial, no type of trial. He says, it seems he has been responsible for several, for several deaths. Not he has been responsible or you don't know know you, how would you even, all you've not, all you know is what you like heard on your way there from Snape maybe maybe like he doesn't even have any but like I don't even think Snape would even be telling you that much information and that like and I don't even like Snape but I really don't think Snape would be be telling him all that info he'd be like the dude there's someone there and he's dangerous and he works for Voldemort he's a death eater and you know 
Dumbledore thought you might want to talk to him. Yep. And Fudge was like, oh no, let's call this Dementor. Like, what? For protection. No. Like, Why what he is, killed what's them? wrong with you? Well, that's no mystery, is it, blustered Fudge? He was a raving lunatic. From what Minerva and Severus have told me, he was, seems to have thought he was doing an all-on-you-know-who's instructions. Lord Voldemort was giving him instructions, Cornelius, Dumbledore said. Those people's deaths were not were mere byproducts of a plan to restore Voldemort to full strength again. The plan succeeded. Voldemort has restored has been restored to his body. Fudge looked as though someone had swung a heavy weight into his face. Dazed and blinking, he stared at Dumbledore as if he couldn't believe what he had just heard. Which, whew. He began to sputter, still goggling at Dumbledore. You know who returned? Preposterous. God's wallop. Balderdash. Balderdash. Come now, Dumbledore. As Minerva and Severus have doubtless told you, said Dumbledore, we heard Barty Crouch confess. Under the influence of Veritaserum, he told us how he was smuggled out of Azkaban and how Voldemort, learning of his continued existence from Bertha Jorkins, went to free him from his father and used, to capture, used him to capture Harry. The plan worked, I tell you. Crouch has helped Voldemort to return. See here, Dumbledore, said Fudge. You, you can't be serious about that. You know who? Back? Come now, come now, certainly. Crouch may have believed himself to be acting upon you-know-who's orders, but to take the word of a lunatic like that, Dumbledore. When Harry touched the Triwizard I mean, Cup tonight, he was transported straight to Voldemort, said Dumbledore steadily. He witnessed Lord Voldemort's death. Like, he's just like, Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort mm-hmm. in his face. Knowing he's that he's like, dude, can we, just, can we get past the fact, like, dude. Like, I need you to hear me. Over and over and over I need you to hear me on like, this one point. Voldemort and is then back. I do want to point out like all of the that Voldemort is back. <laughs> right. And I want to point out again like it's the the language that Fudge is using mm-hmm. is also really similar to the language that's used for Mad-Eye. Um where he's just like mm-hmm. this dude's a crazy person. There's no reason for him to do it other than that he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? So it's like super ableist and yeah. problematic in that sense and then yep. he also uses that as a reason to not like further investigate yep. also where did you think that harry and cedric went when they disappeared from the maze <laughs> like obviously you're not asking any just, questions so clearly they like, left harry killed they, cedric they left and the ground it back. was a port key and you don't want to investigate where they went on the port like they didn't get taken to to florian fortescue's with what <laughs> Clearly, Moody. Clearly, clearly, Brad Crouch Jr. obviously also somehow was at the cup at the same time. Took them both, killed the boy, tortured Harry, then came back with all the bodies and all the people, and then took Harry upstairs to tell him that he just took him. I don't. Fudge doesn't have a brain. It's just like it is. It is. I don't perplexing. know what logical because, steps he believes, but he is clearly deranged. Like, and, I, I and honestly, I don't even think he's thinking that far. I think he's like, no, Voldemort he's can't not. be back, and that's what it is. And I'll make that's up whatever story I have is. to do. I have to make up some kind of story, whatever that I can, to work it out around it or whatever. Like he's, it's like not it's while a problem. I am minister. Um, not while I am minister of magic. I do not sign up to have Voldemort be back. So obviously he cannot be back because that is not what I signed up for. I became minister of magic after Voldemort was gone. So I mean, obviously he can't be back because I just I didn't sign up for that. 
basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Dumbledore notices that Harry's awake and he says, I'm afraid I cannot permit you to question Harry tonight. Fudge's curious smile lingered. He too glanced at Harry, then looked back at Dumbledore and said, you are uh, prepared to take Harry's word on this, are you, Dumbledore? There was a moment's silence, which was broken by serious growling you. because, you know, he has no chill. He really it's great. <laughs> Certainly, I believe Harry said Dumbledore. I heard Crouch's confession and I heard Harry's account of what happened after he touched the Triwizard Cup. The two stories make sense. They explain everything that has happened since Bertha Jorkins disappeared last summer. Who you still haven't found, Crouch. I mean, Fudge. Still, still haven't found her. her. No idea what happened to her. Um, Fudge still had that strange smile on his face. You are prepared to believe that Lord Voldemort has returned on a word of a lunatic murderer and the boy who, well, well, Fudge shot Harry another look and Harry suddenly understood. You've been reading Rita Skeeter, Mr. Fudge, he said quietly. Really quickly, again, like Rita, this is how you see, like Rita was just writing shit just to get her, like, um, her clicks basically and then it has real life consequences for the wizarding world and is the reason I why Dumb- why world. Voldemort was able to able to get as like strong as he got before he revealed himself right, like, like literally some, like, how does that feel Rita? 14 year old three months ago and yet somehow that means that while she is decommissioned and like as a bug she has to for the next year it has major consequences because she wrote a hit job on a 14 year old like two mm-hmm. months ago Mm-hmm. how's that feel Rita to be the one of the main reasons why the dark lord got rose again thank you congratulations thanks Rita Skeeter you played yourself do we ever find out what happens so, to her so and if I have you said what do we ever find out what happens to her after the book after she writes um the tell-all about Dumbledore? Nah, I don't think so. Because, hmm. like, Homegirl yeah, literally so. gets to, like, she left her reporting job and then basically got a book deal. She sold a book and was yeah. like, ooh, I'm going to work on my but book. But she's written other books before, too. No, 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 I, I think she wrote a book on, yeah. Yeah, she but definitely yeah. has, but, like, she sold another one and was like, ooh, you know what I'm going to do with my time off? Slander. Lies! Dumbledore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if I have, he said, looking at Dumbledore, if I've discovered that you've been keeping certain facts about the boy very quiet, a parcel mouth, eh? And the f- having funny turns all over the place. So again, and so um, really quickly, I want to go into the chat, and this is like just something I've been kind of thinking about as well. But Deborah was asking, I wonder if Fudge was a low-key Voldemort supporter. He makes so many blunders that coincidentally could help Voldemort's case. And Portia says, but he didn't believe Voldemort was back. The idea made him feel insecure. She thinks he was just upholding systemic inequalities because they helped him. And then Amani said, it's also, in addition, there's a continued diminishing and scapegoating of mental illness in the wizarding world. And so, like, and that's kind of what I was thinking, right? It's like, there's all this, and it's been happening this whole chap i mean this whole book right with mad eye um and then with harry before they went into the third task with rita's um article and then also with crouch jr it's all of these things that they're like kind of just reiterating and it's like these are the reasons why voldemort is able to come in and take over the way that he was mm-hmm. like and no one else they don't ever um which is the point, right? Like, they don't ever reckon with that when Voldemort first leaves and think about, like, the ways that they 
don't support people with mental illnesses mm-hmm. and the ways that they like dismiss people and the ways that they uphold and we'll see like a little bit later in this chapter like the ways that they uphold the idea of like pure blood supremacy without like connecting that to Voldemort running around killing muggles right and muggle-borns because fudge refers to him as you know who and i think people who are either neutral or in secret support you you usually use he who must not be named um that's usually the the neutral term for people who are like ooh, i can't tell your allegiance because you're using this middle one as opposed to dark lord or you know who so i think that it is a matter of strict straight up incompetence and not being prepared and wanting the position for the power but to not actually help any of the people which you know sounds familiar um <laughs> there's an orange fudgicle um <laughs> in, in the real world right now um and it's it's a lot of it is the same kind of like ignorance and just fear of of the unknown or whatever and just not choosing not to do anything that would actually help about it. it's like oh look this will look like i'm doing something slash mm-hmm. slash he doesn't want anybody to know that there's anything to be done like that needs doing so it's like well he's not he's not back just that's not happening that's fake news what are you talking about right right so um all of this i assume why. you're refer- referring to the pains harry has been experiencing in his scars at dumbledore you admit he's been having those pains then, said Volfedge quickly. Headaches, nightmares, possibly hallucinations? Listen to me, Cornelius. Taking a step toward Fudge. Harry is as sane as you or I. That scar upon his forehead has not addled his brains. I believe it hurts him when Lord Voldemort is close by or feeling particularly <laughs> murderous. Fudge, which is like, doesn't really help, right? Like, exactly. it still sounds Fudge weird. Like, it's like, it's, hold up, let me, uh... Ooh, and then he says... Right. And he said, you'll forgive me, Dumbledore, but I've never heard of a curse scar acting as an alarm bell before. Which, sure. Harry gets fed up. Yes. Right? No, but even before that, right? Like, yes, most curse scars don't do that. But most curse scars aren't from the Avada Kedavra curse. No one else... You never heard of a curse scar doing of a curse scar like doing that, but you also never heard of anyone else other than Harry living after Avada Kedavra. Like it's he's literally there's no case study because he's literally the only person who has survived it for it to happen. Yep. So your your argument doesn't make sense. It's not sound. Argument is not sound. Right. Not at all. Look, I saw Voldemort come back, Harry shouted. I saw the Death Eaters, I can give you their names. Lucius Malfoy. Snape made a sudden movement, but as Harry looked at him. Snape's eyes flew back to Fudge. I'm I'm wondering if Snape was worried. I'm curious what Snape's, like, um, thought was in that moment. (laughs) I wonder, too. I don't don't think it's necessarily that that Harry's going to be like, Snape's one of them, too. Because Harry doesn't doesn't really know that. But but also, he didn't see Snape in the graveyard, so. Right, exactly. But I think it doesn't... I think he realizes that it just wouldn't matter because he knows that all of the people who went back to the graveyard have some sort of like way in which they have immunity so he's just like that's just like no don't stop no stop talking don't do it just like he just knows it's futile and so it's like what's the point because it's just gonna like harry's digging himself deeper because he knows like the people that are mentioned are just beyond reproach in fudge's eyes like it's like well they were they were Mm -hmm. uh 
all cleared of all charges. Like, it doesn't matter. And the, Snape's just like, mm-hmm. what? It's just, what, what are you doing? <laughs> right. And when Fudge, and Fudge hearing that Malfoy, about Malfoy says that he's cleared, a, and then he says, a very old family, donations to excellent causes. So it's not like he's cleared and he's been, like, helping muggles with things he's been like donating to i don't know planned parenthood which you should do but like some muggle organization and chair like something you know what i mean he doesn't say that he says oh you know they're an old family and they give the ministry money yep which again are reasons why voldemort is allowed to thrive because you put more value on old families than you do on the muggle-borns who are the most vulnerable at this time also, it just sounds a little familiar for an old family that has a lot of money that donates, notice the um, mm-hmm. quotation marks, donates the money to, you know, good causes, maybe some charities. I just wonder if the Malfoys, you know, somehow got that money back into their accounts at some point because, like, they held a function on, you know, Malf- at Malfoy Manor and had some sick children there. But then, you know, you had to pay for the staff and the renting of this space and that just means mm-hmm. that the money goes back to you you know i just i just have questions and i just wonder um not to not that, that sounds familiar at all or anything no definitely not <clears throat> yeah and then harry uh, also says a bunch of people mcnair so avery not crab goyle um, and Fudge is like, you are merely repeating the names of those who were acquitted of being deaf ears 13 years ago. You could have found those names in old reports of the trials. For heaven's sake, Dumbledore, the boy was full of some crackpot story at the end of last year, too. His tails are getting taller and you're still swallowing them. The boy can talk to snakes, Dumbledore, and you still think he's trustworthy. It's literally Dude, just a thing that happens to how people. How old are you? It's like, literally just a, a thing that people this man do. On some, with some superstitions about parcel tongue. He can speak to snakes, so you can't trust the thing he says out of his mouth. This is a teenager. It's You're literally just a thing that people have that happens to have been like, by some evil people. But it's just, he has what? blue eyes. How dare he? <laughs> but you're the one out here excusing people who are very old families and donations to excellent clauses and calling people out their names. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Excuse All right, you? Fudge. All right. Like, and that's a okay. McGonagall off. You fool! Mm-hmm. Cedric Diggory, Mr. Crouch, these deaths were not the work of a, the random work of a lunatic. I see no evidence to the contrary, shouted Fudge, now matching her anger, her face purpling. It seems to me that you are all determined to make, to start a panic that will destabilize everything we, I, I mean, we have worked for for the last 13 years. Right. <laughs> and can we, and then talk about, like, the appearance, the appearance of it, right, versus the fact, mm-hmm. like starting a panic that will destabilize everything we've worked for versus like hey maybe make sure everybody's safe right it's probably like it's gonna be destabilized if he's there like just the panic if they say Voldemort's back and some people panic and then Voldemort's not back then people figure it out and they'll get over it it's yeah but peace goes right back, back to where it was but he's still back and it still destabilizes everything but he was actually back so mm-hmm. literally fudges died. fudges um you're the real racist in them right now it's a verb <laughs> that's what he's doing you can't talk about it because then um, that's the real Harry racist. like what he was shut hearing. up sorry go ahead <laughs> 
Harry couldn't believe what he was hearing. He had always thought of Fudge as a kindly figure, a little blustering, a little pompous, but essentially good-natured. But now a short, angry wizard stood before him, refusing point-blank to accept the prospect of disruption in his comfortable, ordered world, to believe that Voldemort had could have risen. Voldemort has returned, Dumbledore repeated. If you accept that fact straight away, Fudge, and take the necessary measures, we may still be able to save the situation. The first and most essential step is to remove Azkaban from the control of the, of the Dementors. Preposterous! Fudge shouted, probably sticking his finger up in the air. Mm-hmm. Like I just did. Remove the Dementors? <laughs> I'd be kicked out of office for suggesting it. Half of us only feel safe in our beds at night because we know the Dementors are standing guard at Azkaban, which really... Which again... You have magic. It's like we're seeing... I don't understand. It's, dude, it's that terrible. And I think... One of the really, like, terrible things, right, is that, and, like, also brilliant, and, like, congrats to Joe, but also no one asked for this. She's showing through Fudge, like, how fucked up the society is, <laughs> and, again, this is all stuff they could have prevented if they had actually kind of done that work to think, as opposed to, instead of just, like, releasing all these Death Eaters back into the world, I'm not saying they should lock them up in Azkaban, but, like, really thinking about how Voldemort was allowed to come, like, to thrive in that world. And thinking about that and, recon like, reconciling, or reckoning, sorry, with that, and, like, actually doing some work. Instead, you cover it all up, and then you put a Band-Aid on it, and then when it looks like it's about to bleed again, mm. you're just like, nah. Mm. No, we just... Dementors just suck on the souls of humans. It's fine. I just wonder how big... How many? This is kind of weird. Uh, how many? How how big? Um, Fudge's wand is. <laughs> couldn't get around it. How long mm -hmm. his wand is? How many inches his wand is? I just couldn't get around mm -hmm. it. But I just wonder how close to being his squib he was because he seems very concerned about the you you know these evil wizards in Azkaban. But like, I I just don't understand why. You are a magical. Wasn't he like on a squat? Like, what was his job? He was on a. Um... Oh man. Oh, he was a. Uh, like the department was of first on the scene. To, magical catastrophes. But he was on some sort of hit squad. Otherwise, I could get it. But yeah, like. No, he wasn't on the hit squad. He was just. He arrived. Squad. He arrived like. He was just in like the department of magical like catastrophes and something. Like he wasn't like an R. He wasn't. Fighting, he was more like the admin person, as far as I remember. Hmm. Okay. But, Amani and Right. Amani and Portia are trying to figure out what Fudge's house is. Slytherin seems the most. I would think. Like, I would too. There's no way he's a Gryffindor. He's not loyal Hell at no. all to be a Hufflepuff, and there's no, no way he's smart enough to be a Ravenclaw. He's not smart at all. Oh like, my, he's but he's ambitious. Enough. He's not unique enough. He's like he's he's mostly just got the ambitious part. He's not really sly or cunning, because he's mm -hmm. just like bumbling and kind of like doesn't know what he's doing. But he made it to Minister of Magic somehow. Um, so it, there's enough. Right. I guess cunning in that, but it's mostly just ambition and I think knowing the right people and letting the right other people get away with stuff so that they would vote for him in his favor. 
Especially mm-hmm. if he became Minister of Magic after the Wizarding War, he's probably the people who he's probably the one who vouched for Malfoy and them. And then they in turn were like, "Oh snap! I think he should be Minister of Magic. Here's some money for his campaign or whatever." Like that's yeah. probably what happened. He came up at the right time, where it's just like, you know what? If you tell people, like again, I think what the chat was saying earlier about whether or not Fudge is on the dark side, I think it's not really that simple obviously a series says um there's not just good people in death eaters but i think he was fudge was willing to ignore like clear death eaters in order to (laughs) to have them curry his favor for being minister yeah and he's trying to hold on to that so it's like they were cleared of all charges yeah because you want them to, to to stick by your side as you all so ignore that Voldemort is back. Check their left arm. You know what this is? This is an episode of Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. Put Fudge's face exactly. on the board. On the wall. On the mm-hmm. windows. Exa- and we're going to take him down. Mm-hmm. His handle. too. Obviously, um, Hermione Granger is the <laughs> Olivia Pope of this situation. Because she's about yes. to Olivia Pope it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of us sleep less soundly in our beds, Cornelius, knowing that you have put Lord Voldemort's most dangerous supporters in the care of creatures who will join him the instant he, he asks them. Snaps. You, they will not remain loyal to you. Voldemort can offer them much more scope of their, for their powers and pleasures than you can. With, with the Dementors behind him and his old supporters returning returned to him, you will be hard-pressed to stop him regaining the sort of power he had 13 years ago. But was opening loyal. and closing his mouth as though exactly as though no words could express his outrage the second step you must take and at once is to send envoys to the giants envoys, envoys to, to the, the giants? giants what madness is this i said what giant no um extend them a hand of friendship now before it's too late or voldemort will persuade them as they did before that he alone amongst wizards will give them their rights and their freedom so again you're seeing all this fucked up shit about the wizarding world which we like heard about before, but now it makes it has like real consequences because if you go and do, um, if you do all these people dirty, of course they're gonna join the the dude who says he's not gonna do you dirty. Yep. Like that's common sense. You cannot be serious, Fudge Gast. If the magical community got wind that I had approached the giants, people hate them, Dumbledore. End of my career. That's all he cares about motherfucker the dark lord is back you can't have a career could if you're the, dead could be the end of your life fudge the end of your life and life as we know it in the wizarding world but okay your career it's fine you got it all right cool you're blinded to dumbledore by the love of the office you hold cornelius your but place you raising. place too much importance right he says Wait, you place voice- too much important importance and you always have done on the so-called purity of blood. You fail to recognize that it matters not what someone is born, but how they grow to be. Your Dementor has just destroyed the last remaining member of a pure-blood family as old as any, and see what that man chose to make of his life. Like, as we were saying, Barty Crouch could have done a lot with his life if he wasn't a Nazi. I tell you now the steps I have suggested 
And you will be remembered in office or out as one of the bravest man, bravest and greatest minister of magic we've ever known. Fail to act and history will remember you as the man who stepped aside and allowed Voldemort a second chance to destroy the world we have tried to rebuild. He just put the Seely curse on Fudge and I'm here for it. (laughs) That's what that was. He said, everything you touch. Going crumble. His voice rising now, the aura of power around him palpable, his eyes blazing once more. Like, Vol- Dumbledore mm-hmm. is on fire. Like, he's mm-hmm. never been so upset. Like, I, I imagine, like, he's giving the speech, and, like, the light, you can see the light kind of, kind of like Galadriel in Lord of the Rings when she's just like, I will be oh, a yeah, queen. Just... Like, like, hair, <laughs> like, there's a Beyonce fan on Dumbledore. His hair is blowing in the wind. He's mad. He got some bass Everything in his voice. else kind of goes dark, and you can only see Dumbledore. Like, that's what I imagine in mm-hmm. the scene where he's just like the power, and he's kind of like trembling, and everybody's kind of scared. But like, the spotlight is just on Fudge. That's what I imagine is happening right now. Like, he's just like yep. you. Everything you touch, go humble. But yep. also, he's having his Galadriel, like, you. I would be a queen Moment. more treacherous as the dawn kind of thing. Um, all of that at once with his Beyonce fan just, like, blowing his hair in the mm-hmm. wind as he um, reads fudge to filth. To filth. That's what happened. Oh, Rather my goodness. Insane whispered fudge, mad. And then there was silence. Madame Pomfrey was standing frozen at the foot of Harry's bed, her hands over her mouth. Mrs. Weasley was still like, standing over Harry, her hand on his shoulder, room. right, um, to prevent him from rising. And Bill, Ron, and Hermione were staring at Fudge. If your determination to shut your eyes will carry you as far as this, Cornelius, we have reached a parting of the ways. You must act as you see fit, and I, I shall act as I see fit. Order of the I Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. It's lit. I'm ready. I mean, it's actually not lit. Like, Fudge is hella irritating and the worst. But I'm also excited to meet our friends again. Okay. Now, see here, Dumbledore. <laughs> I've given you free reign always. I have a lot. I've, I've had a lot of respect for you. I might not have agreed with some of your decisions, but I've kept quiet. There aren't many who have, who'd have let you hire werewolves or keep Hagrid or decide what to teach your students without reference keep to the Hagrid. ministry. But if you're going to dog? work against me. Dude, this is literally like he this is like. Fudge is a fucking racist and it's terrible. And then when he says or decided to teach what to teach your students without reference to the ministry would be a like valid argument if he had not couched it in racism and then didn't give us umbrage. So no, to all of the things that you're saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's Absolutely not. The moment though he decides he needs to hire Dolores umbrage. So mm-hmm. this is just more reason why Fudge is literally the worst. But if you're going to work against me, the only one against whom I intend to work, said Dumbledore, is Lord Voldemort. If you are against him, then we remain Cornelius on the same side. It seemed Fudge couldn't think of no answer to this. He rocked backward and forward on his small feet for a moment and spun his bowler hat in his hands, finally with a hint of plea in his voice. He can't be back, Dumbledore. He just can't be. Snape strode forward. um, And this is the one time... And I actually wrote it in my book. I was like, the one time I'll say thank you. Yes. I'm glad that you're doing this. Snape strode forward. This is the one moment where you're needed and wanted. Congratulations. (laughs) Snape strode forward past Dumbledore, pulling up the left sleeve of his robes as he went. He struck out his arm, his forearm, and showed it to Fudge, who recoiled. There, said Snape harshly. There, the dark mark. 
It's not as clear as it was an hour ago where it blurred, where, when it burned black, but you can still see it. Every Death Eater had the sign burned into him by the Dark Lord. It was a means of distinguishing one another and his means of summoning us to him. When he touched the mark of any Death Eater, we were to disapparate and apparate instantly at his side. This mark has been growing clearer all year. Karkaroff's too. Why do you think Karkaroff fled tonight? We both felt the mark burn. We both knew he had returned. Karkaroff fears the Dark Lord's vengeance. He betrayed too many of his fellow Death Eaters to be sure of, of a welcome back into the fold. Fudge stepped back from Snape too. He was shaking his head. He did not seem to have taken in a word Snape had said, which is just so fudge, man. Fudge. It's just like fam. Like oh, do, so all this stuff literally has showing been, you. Sure, it's all been like right. All this stuff has not had a lot of evidence. <laughs> it's all been true, but okay, fine. Okay, fine. But this dude showed you literally showed you the dark mark on his wrist, like. As proof. As proof. And you were like, I didn't hear a word you said. Nope. I plugged yeah. my ears. I'm pretty sure he was like whistling and like looking up. I don't understand English anymore. <laughs> and I said, I, he, he got, he got uh, Mariah, you know, like second Mariah meme. Like, I suddenly can't read. I just put his glasses mm-hmm. on. Like, I exactly. I can't read. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't see this arm that you were showing in my face. I just, I can't see it right now. I don't know what you're showing me. I don't what? know. <laughs> he stared, uh. apparently repelled by the ugly mark on Stapes' arm. Then he looked up at Dumbledore and whispered, I don't know what you and your staff are playing at Dumbledore, but I have heard enough. I have no more to add. I will be in touch with you tomorrow, Dumbledore, to discuss the running of the school. I must return to the ministry. Um, and so really yeah. quickly, the fact that he... So he doesn't, like, fire Dumbledore, or he doesn't, like... There's, there's so many different ways that he could have, like, come at Dumbledore after this. But he specifically looks to right. He specifically talks about the running of the school, right? And so it's like regulating and controlling the messaging of the kids who are at that school. That's what it's about, right? Because if he let Dumbledore continue, then all those kids would be taught like, "Nah, Voldemort's back, so we need to prepare." Versus Fudge, who's like, "No, we're gonna try to suppress this." And the first place that he thinks to do that is at the school. Because that's where Dumbledore is influencing young minds. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I can't have those minds against me. So I have to put somebody on my side to combat Dumbledore. But he also, I think... Right. But again, it's not about them learning shit. Um, he, and he knows that he can't replace Dumbledore because Dumbledore has too much power that he doesn't mm-hmm. have yet. Yeah. And it's not, again, like he was talking about mm-hmm. letting you teach your students without reference to the ministry was not about, about yeah it's not about the kids Dumbledore's and getting a better education both at the school but also just right. in the wizarding world in general like if you can't take Dumbledore out of school he tried mm-hmm. two years ago and people were upset that Dumbledore wasn't at the school while the pat- petrifications exactly. were happening and so he knows he can't pull that again but he's gonna put somebody in there to challenge Dumbledore and to make sure that Dumbledore's sort of power is curbed and that he's distracted a little bit I think too or it's just like, well, I have to put something over here to make sure that Dumbledore isn't trying to tell everybody about Voldemort. So let me give get my homie Dolores to roll up in there so that we could get rid of this wish, pish posh, whatever. Right, exactly. And it's like totally not, like I could see if he was like, hey, Dumbledore, you got this, not, not, hey, I let you keep Hagrid, but... You have this this teacher who hasn't had doesn't have any credentials, hasn't actually taken an OWL or the equivalent, doesn't have his wizarding GED, hasn't like mm. learned how to teach. 
why is he teaching care of magical creatures? Maybe perhaps you should hire this person who I've who I know who understands care of magical creatures and could teach your students in a capable way. Instead, he's like, nah, I'm going to discuss the running of this school so that you don't teach kids not like to disagree with me. No, it's not how it works. Like, like he's taking themselves. things that should be valid. <laughs> right, or defend themselves. Dolores like these things should be valid, but then like, he turns into something else. Like it's, it is, it. Oh, man. These kids deserve better. Order the Phoenix um, is going to so have way he, too many real life feels, man. Because education is like the one place where it's like where resistance is like taught and learned. And I just, when you put somebody in charge of education that has no background in education and doesn't actually know how children work, you know, or know how to spell mm-hmm. education, I just. Mm. I mean, yep. everyone's already making these parallels, but about to go through it it's like well these parallels are they're just like burning they're burning a hole in my book right now mm-hmm. um so fudge had almost reached the door when he paused he turned back to harry you're winnings he said taking the large bag of gold out of his pocket and dropping it onto harry's bedside table one thousand galleons there should have been a presentation ceremony but under the circumstances um and then he turns and leaves and then soon as he soon as uh fudge leaves Dumbledore's like let's get down to business to defeat the death eaters <laughs> and he says let's get there down is work to be business. done <laughs> to defeat Voldemort and all of them <laughs> so then he turns to Molly sorry and says am I right in thinking that I can count on you and Arthur of course you can said Mrs. Weasley we know what Fudge is. It's Arthur's fondness for muggles that has held him back at the ministry all those years. Fudge thinks he lacks proper wizarding pride. Again, the bigotry. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to be then a good ally. I... Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> nope. Lost his nope. respect. Um, then, exactly. And money. Like, which is, you know, what's what you do. If you're going to be an ally, you got to be willing to put that stuff on the line. Fudge, however, shouldn't that shouldn't be a reason to not pay him. So right. there's that too. I mean, sometimes you take a knee on the football field, and you should just be allowed to, you know, take a knee on the football field. Worthy causes, and like, and you know, just like say that people's lives matter. Muggle lives matter, and you should not be punished for that professionally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I need you to send a message to Arthur, said Dumbledore. Except it's not a happy All chapter, so it's hard to like, be happy it's place. Not. <laughs> it's really not a happy chapter. All those we can persuade of the truth must be notified immediately, and he is well-placed to contact those at the ministry who are not as short-sighted as Cornelius. I'll go to Dad, said Bill, standing up. I'll go now. Excellent, said Dumbledore. Tell him what has happened. Tell him I will be in direct contact with him shortly. He will need to be discreet, however, if Fudge thinks I'm interfering at the ministry. Leave it to me, said Bill. Um, then Dumbledore turns to, du- to Professor McGonagall, says Minerva, I want to see Hagrid in my office as soon as possible. Also, if she will consent to come, Madame Maxime. So like all the stuff that she told, um, that, I mean, sorry, all the stuff he told Fudge to do, Fudge was like, I'm not doing it. He was like, fine, where's Hagrid at? <laughs> He's like, I got this. I got these, I was going to do it anyway. You. So I was just giving you an opportunity to step mm-hmm. up and go for it. But I mean... It was my idea anyway. You wouldn't do it right anyway. <laughs> yep. Then he turns to Madame Pomfrey and says, 
Would you be so? Would you be very kind and go down to Professor Moody's office, where I think you will find a house elf called Winky in considerable distress. Do what you can for her and take her back to the kitchens. I think Dobby will look after her for us. That means um, very Winky well saw Madame um, the kiss before. Yep. Winky is distraught. Like at this point, I think Winky should be on suicide watch. <laughs> they just need to like. I think Winky should be on. Yeah, Winky does. Winky, Winky, Winky deserves better. She took a lot. She took a lot. In one year, in one year, like that is really is a lot to like to deal with for real. Yo, she done lost um, her mama, the mama in the family, Papa, and now she done saw the son get kissed. Whew. Yeah. And now, he said, it is time for two of our number to recognize each other for what they are, which is funny, because that's just wishful thinking. Anyway, serious, if you could resume your usual form. <laughs> the great bag do- black dog looked up at Dumbledore, then in an instant turned back into a man. Mrs. Weasley screamed, serious black, she shrieked, pointing <laughs> at him. Mom, shut up, Ron yelled, it's okay. <laughs> She's like, somebody Girl, catch him. She jumped up like it was a rat on the floor, like a raccoon. But also like somebody, on up somebody to her, like, him. what up? Sam. Snape had not yelled or jumped backward, but the look on his face was one of mingled fury and horror. Him, he snarled. What is he doing here? He is here at my invitation, said Dumbledore. As you are, Severus, I trust you both. It is time for you to lay aside your old differences and trust each other. Dumbledore ha, 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 that's thought. Hilarious. Dumbledore really right. thought that he really this was thought that was gonna be. And yet, it is. This was like probably one of the places where he is the most short-sighted, and he had too much hope in two people putting aside their grudges and differences, because this is like one of the reasons for Sirius's deaths. <laughs> Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, it is just one of the men, like one of the reasons is that he had too much hope that these two people could work together. Exactly. I will settle in. Oh, wait. Harry thought Dumbledore was asking for a near miracle. Sirius and Snape were eyeing each other with the utmost loathing. I will settle in the short term, said Dumbledore, for a lack of open hostility. You will shake hands. You are on the same side now. Time is short, and unless few, the, and unless the few of us know the truth, stand united there's no hope for any of us so when i was reading this i had that picture you know like the, the kids in the get along shirt so i have this picture of like baby Sirius and snape in like a gigantic shirt that says we have like this is the get along t-shirt so they have to like sit together <laughs> in a giant shirt so that until like, they until they stop fighting <laughs> mm-hmm. and dumbledore is just sitting there with his arms crossed like i told you you gonna sit here until better, your friends. You better get your life together, fam. You're gonna sit here until you apologize. Mm-hmm. You better. And then it makes it more adorable and not <laughs> I bet, other things. Uh, so I very bet there are slowly, a bunch of, like chibi marauder pictures out there in the world that I have not mm-hmm. seen. Very slowly, but still glaring at each other. Sirius and Snape moved toward each other and shook hands. They let go extremely quickly. That will do to be going on with, said Dumbledore, because he's like so impatient with them. He's like, yo. It's like, I don't have time. Y'all have had these problems since you were children. Y'all are 30 years old. They're like, y'all are, y'all are adults. You need to get rid of these, get rid of these petty squabbles and let's fight some Death Eaters. Sit down, be humble. Sit down, be humble. 
Mm, exactly. Um, now I have work for each of you. Fudge's attitude, though not unexpected, changes everything. Serious, I need you to set off at once. You are to alert. Remus Lupin. My face. My boy. Remus. Arabella Fig. Aha. Mundungus Fletcher. The old crowd. Lilo old and Lupin crowd. for a while. I will contact you Call there. Up the crew. So, did anyone else notice the sh- that he put Mrs. Fig up in there? No? Huh? Just me? So he says, alert Remus Lupin, what? Arabella Fig, and Mundungus Fletcher. And so the fact that, like, they mentioned Mrs. Fig, and, like, <laughs> there are obviously. Five people. Obvi- I mean, like, and so I can't even be mad at Harry for not noticing because I didn't notice until this time. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it was a. That is like, Mrs. A, Fig. A, yeah, it was a big deal in the fandom. It was like, wait, wait, wait. That. Mrs. Fig? Cause especially because in the next one we like immediately basically find out that she was, um, a witch. But squ- uh huh. Well, squib, yeah. But it was like what? It was you know like one of those things of like wait why did he why Arabella thing? I can't remember if we knew her first name before. This uh, maybe not. Um, I don't know if she was always just referred to as Mrs. Fig, which might have been one way for people to be like, is that, it might have been like, oh, because he said her first name, it's like, oh, it could be her, but maybe she has a sister. Like, I don't know if that was what was happening, because it was, this was my first, like, live book, so I wasn't really in the fandom yet, and the fandom was still sort of beginning. This was the book that really, like, created a fandom. Yeah, where it shot uh, off. Where it, like, and actually I mean, became a I thing. I think but, also... I think also, like, Mrs. Fig at this point is so removed from the Wizarding World. Like, she's only been mentioned, like, twice, maybe three yeah, times like three in bo- the entire like series ago. up to now. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the beginning of Sorcerer's Stone she was mentioned and possibly Chamber of Secrets. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes sense that, that we would miss it. But Harry said he wanted Sirius to stay. He did not want to have to say goodbye again so quickly. Um, you'll see me again very soon, Harry, I promise you, but I must do what I can. You understand, don't you? Yeah, said Harry. Yeah, of course I do. Um, Sirius grasped his hand briefly, nodded to Dumbledore, transformed back into a dog, and then left. Severus, said Dumbledore, turning to Snape, you know what I must ask you to do, if you are ready, if you are prepared. I am, said Snape. So, double O Snape, coming back. Double O Snape. And all. Yep. And Good I wonder, I mean... I think that Snape's like, okay, I mean, I'm ready, but I could literally die. Like, I'm about to go back and be like, oh, sorry, I missed the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) What did I miss? (laughs) What did I miss? (laughs) Just strolling back up into into Voldemort's castle like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, come back like, you back, fam? You know, I was on my way, but I got sidetracked. I got, I got sidetracked you know and like, you know, I just like was trying to take the subway and you know how the subways go like, you know, like just delays and delays and delays. But I'm here now. What I miss? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What like, I'm saying. like, I got, I got 15, but you know what I got though? I got like 15 years of dirt on Dumbledore. You know what I got? Access to Harry Potter too. I've been, I've been faithful the whole time. I was faithful. I just, um, you know, just couldn't show up. Like, right right then, like... I was right then. Girl, you know, I was with my girl, and I just, you know, I just, like, needed a few extra minutes just to, like, get myself together. And then, you know, I just didn't want the others to see me, you know. I just, you know, me and Lucius Malfoy, we ain't getting along right now. So I just figured I'd slide up, you know, after he done left, you know. 
Oh, boy. Um, that made that more fun. <laughs> yes, it did. Then good luck, said Dumbledore, and he watched with a fa- trace of apprehension on his face as Snape swept wordlessly after Sirius. Apprehension. Does he know that he Dumbledore could die? Trust Snape as much as you think. Or he doesn't trust him as much as likes people to think he die. does. I mean, but who really? Never mind. Nope, I'm gonna stop. That's possible, though. <laughs> I was gonna. Never mind. Absolutely. It was several minutes <laughs> before Dumbledore spoke again. I must go downstairs, he said finally. I must see the diggeries. Harry, take the rest of your potion. I will see you all later. So then Dumbledore leaves. You've got to take the rest of your potion, Harry, Mrs. Weasley said at last. Her hand nudged the sack of gold on his bedside table. You've ha- you have a good night. You have a good long sleep. Try and think about something else for a while. Think about what you're going to buy with your winnings. I don't want that gold, said Harry. You have it. Anyone can have it. I shouldn't have won it. It should have been Cedric's. The thing against which he had been fighting on and off ever since he had come out of the maze was threatening to overpower him. He could feel a burning, prickling feeling in the inner corners of his eyes. He blinked and stared up at the ceiling. It wasn't your fault, Harry. It wasn't your fault, Harry, Mrs. Weasley whispered. I told him to take the cup with me, said Harry. Um, Now the burning feeling was in his throat, too. He wished Ron would look away. Mrs. Weasley set the potion down on the bedside cabinet. That's exactly. I was like, for what? You just saw your homie die. You can cry in front of Ron. Because it's not like I wish. Yeah, it's not like I wish Hermione would look away or I wish Mrs. Weasley would look away. It's like I wish the other dude in the room would look away. Like, really? You saw someone get murdered. It's all right to cry. And Ron is not going to think any less of you if you cry. Right, like it's the right to have emotions about it. Exactly. And so Mrs. Weasley set the potion down, bent down, and put her arms around Harry. He had no memory of ever being hugged like this, as though by a mother. The full weight of everything he had seen that night seemed to fall in upon him as Mrs. Weasley held him to her. His mother's face, his father's face, the sight of Cedric dead on the ground, all started spinning in his head until he could hardly bear it, until he was screwing up his face against the howl of misery fighting to get out of him. I kind of think he sh- they should have let him cry. Like, I was reading this, and I thought he was going to cry, yes, and I then he doesn't. And I feel like, I feel like he should have cried. It would have saved a lot of fifth year pain if he had cried in this moment. He would have let it out. I mean, it might not have. It might not have. But I do think it's important to like see boys cry. But I think it contributed because it's sort of what Dumbledore is saying. But it's sort of what Dumbledore was saying about telling the story. It's like, if you don't let it out now, it's just going to be worse later, which is literally what happens. He doesn't cry now, so then he spends all next year in a rage and until he literally explodes and, like, destroys Dumbledore's office. So I right. think that that's it true. does have something to And again, do with even it. then, that's, like, a very, like... But y'all talk about me with the feelings. That paragraph was rude. No, nobody asked for that paragraph. I think, like, reading this... I appreciated the the paragraph. Like, I think that, like, that's one of the things Harry doesn't get is is a mother's love a lot of the time. That's usually the thing that he needs. Half the time, he just needs a hug. Yeah. Honestly. No, I appreciate it, but it's also rude. Um, But it's also, it's super rude. Yeah. No one needed those feelings. No one asked for those. I know I didn't. Um, But shout out to Hermione for just loud, literally loudly slamming this moment out of the way. So... (laughs) Mrs. Weasley and Harry broke apart. Hermione was standing by the window. 
She was holding something tight in her hand. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Sorry, she whispered. Your potion, Harry, said Mrs. Weasley quickly. Harry drank it in one gulp. The effect was instantaneous. Heavy, irresistible waves of dreamless sleep broke over him. He fell back onto his pillows and thought no more. I thought, huh. I had always thought that um, Hermione caught, she was holding something tight in her hand. But did she have the jar in her hand? I no, know. she just saw it. She just catches she just, her, right? She, got in she, she caught her because she has I, the reflexes of a cat. <laughs> she has Obama reflexes. Um, <laughs> I always thought that, I don't, I don't know why I always thought that Hermione, like, somehow had a jar with her and, like, literally just caught her in a jar. I don't know why I thought that. Because I thought that the slamming Well, because then she puts like, her in a jar later. Right. Yes, but I always thought that she had just, like, caught her in a jar and then just always had her in the jar until she lets her go after the blackmail thing. But for some reason, I don't know, I just always... I think the slamming noise always distracted me and made me think that she had, like, conjured a jar and, like, popped it over, um... Right. Popped it over, what's her face? But she caught her in her hand. Yeah. Like, but like can... President Obama, look at that. Mm-hmm. That black girl she's lit. Lessons, you know. But then also, like, could you imagine... If Hermione hadn't caught Rita, because Rita was there for that entire thing, all of it—the <laughs> fight between Fudge and Dumbledore, oh man, Sirius revealing himself, Sirius Black alive, um, Severus Snape, Snape, Death Eater, uh, like, revealing the whole his dark game mark, been up. like literally all of those things. Hermione saved the fucking day. She literally just saved the entire Wizarding community, dude. I've literally never I'm thought sorry, about it. I might that. have to change my MVP. I wasn't going to do it. I was like, well, at the end, I was like, I'm not going to make Hermione my MVP. She only did something in the last two seconds of the thing. But then, really, like, she literally saved yes. the whole day. Rita Skeeter would have had every single thing and would have said it all wrong. All kinds of wrong. Dude, where's my pen? I'm changing it. <laughs> I'm changing it. You know what? Nope. I'm changing it. That's what I'm doing. Um, wow. So yeah, so as my MVP is Hermione Granger. Yeah, it was originally going to be Dumbledore, but now it's Hermione because I think dude, I have to co-sign that with Just imagine you. I have to co-sign that with huh. you because it in theory it should be Dumbledore because Dumbledore handles it, but also Dumbledore didn't realize that he was being spot on this whole time in this scene. Right, but because like, saw who it? would? Who would know? Who would know? Hermione saw it, and, but like, wow. Rita would have literally the front page tomorrow would have been like Voldemort is back the ministry and Dumbledore aren't speaking Sirius Black is alive like there would have literally been the the panic that Fudge just said because she would have reported all the facts wrong it would have been like Dumbledore Mm -hmm. is working with the giants and wants the Dementors to be like she would have said everything Dementors want to be out of Azkaban people would have like rioted in the streets because of fear yeah, it would have it would have been, and you know, may, and maybe she wouldn't have been like Voldemort's back. Maybe she just would have like you know continued else? the oh Dumbledore's trying to like have scare tactics talking about Voldemort's back, but he's not. But guess who is back? Guess who I saw in mm-hmm. Hogwarts with Dumbledore on Dumbledore's side. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore's like, colluding. Oh, Dumbledore's colluding with dude. notorious mass murder Sirius Black and a deranged fourteen year old who claims he saw Voldemort alive. Report mm-hmm. by Rita Skeeter. Mm-hmm. And that's why Hermione. Hermione's MVP. got yeah. Um, Hermione's the MVP. 
Deborah made McGonagall um, her MVP for not backing down, mm-hmm. and Portia made Dumbledore um, for quickly assessing the information and having an adequate response. Mm-hmm. Harry for being brave, and Hermione for being constantly vigilant. Yes. Um, I also and make- Amani also made Hermione. Um, his MVP because black women get shit done shutting down fake news and not in- ignoring Harry for all of the next year when he needed them both. That, okay, I mean, okay. I agree with you, but also, that is a, that is a, um, a, a subtweet, even yes. though this is in Slack, if I ever saw one, <laughs> but it's fine. Slack. It wasn't even a sub Slack. Sub Slack. <laughs> it wasn't even, it wasn't even a sub. That was a read. <laughs> that, yeah, it was. That was You're an right. open You're read. Right. Um, but I want to make Molly my other MVP because she knows when Harry needs a mother's love. But also she stood up to Fudge mm-hmm. when he was like, look, I need to see Dumbledore. And she's like, excuse you. This is a hospital wing. And I will not have you waking up my almost son. I will not. Mm-hmm. You will sit down. Nope. I don't care if you're minister of magic and in charge of my husband's job. You will be quiet in this moment right now. So mm-hmm. Molly Weasley is co-MVP. What? Who did you bench? Who you think? Mr. Ignorant. Mr. Yep. Don't Listen. Mr. I just want to stay in power and have my seat. He, mm-hmm. he has a seat all right, but it's on a bench. Mr. Fudge. Fudge. Same. Deborah also benched Fudge and Portia benched bench? Fudge and Rita. Rita. Uh, Portia also benched Rita. Yeah. I bet Amani. Yeah. Bet, did Amani bench Dumbledore? <laughs> No, he benched. He benched Fudge. He had. He had a little bit of chill for once. Rita would have had all of the scoop. Mass panic. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> next week we will be discussing chapter thirty-seven, the final chapter of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the beginning. Make sure to read and follow along, and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. As always, you can join the conversation on Twitter. You can add us at We Black and Nerds and use the hashtag Wizard Team. And then don't forget to join us on July 8th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Use the hashtags Wizard Team and HPGOF. After the movie, we will do our last episode on Goblet of Fire, well, where we will recap both the book and the movie, as well as figure out who is the real MVP and who is benched for the entire book. And then on July 19th, 2017, we will start... The greatest Harry Potter book of all time, Harry okay. Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Big big words. Big words there. I I mean, I think they're all facts. Sure. That's all if I have you, to say. Uh, if you say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do say so. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you later. Bye.